ASI episode 61 of the podcast. Here's some uh, thrice coming at you from Seattle area, Washington State, USA. My name is Russ Shaw. Here you go. Emo punk rock, right? My my son and his friends would call it screamo. Dad, that's screamo. Uh, anyway, that's right. Dustin on vocals there, a, uh, a former elder at the now defunct Mars Hill Church in Seattle. Um, yep, it's gone. It's just, it, well, it, on January 1st, it will uh, no longer, it'll cease to exist the thing that Pastor Mark Driscoll and his wife started, um, known as Mars Hill Church, has has fallen, and uh, we're all we're all okay with that. Well, not all of us, but we're working towards being okay with that, right? Um, God sets people up, and God takes things down when people uh, get to where they where they are, right? The guy just resigned; he just quit. So, what do you do? Um, anyway, I don't want to spend too much time on that, but it is a real thing in Christian history that's happening. I seem to be caught in that whole thing because I do this and I used to go there, right? Which is interesting paradigm as a jacked up lost soul, right? Who speaks into the lives of of other uh, jacked up lost wayward souls. I guess wayward souls would be a better way. I don't, I don't know. I'm not lost, right? I, hey, those who wander are not always lost. I'm not sure who said that, but that sounds good. Um, I like what, uh, Nate Larkin said. He said that, uh, you know, we're, we're natural wanderers who are learning to find our peace at, at home, right? With the family, with the kids, and settling down, so to speak, right? Um, not that settling down means that you're just boring person, dead. Anyway, that's a whole nother show. I'm going off on all sorts of tangents here, <laughs> right? ADD in full effect on the ASI podcast. Don't change your station. Pardon me, there's some... Uh, technical brain difficulties with your host, but I'll be all right. All right. Um, Halloween went well. Uh, had a lot of trick-or-treaters. Our house looked like a, uh, a haunted something graveyard 
deal. We decorated the house and it was crazy. Uh, there was a, a post by uh, Kirk Cameron, who's a Christian actor, and um, he was talking about how Christians should have the biggest Halloween party in the neighborhood, and that's kind of what we did. So we had, we had, it was crazy. We had lots of people. We had over a hundred people come to the door, and uh, I dressed like an insane clown person, like a crazy-looking clown. So did my wife. Um, but it was fun. We had a, a lot of people come and then, and then after eight 30, then I break out the chainsaw, right. And start freaking people out, take the chain off it, of course. But that's when the teenagers start to come to the door and it's fun to, it's fun to mess with the teenagers. We had this spider that you, uh, uh you set in it and it was, it's this big hairy spider. It's about a foot wide. And it sits on the ground. And it has a motion sensor thing. So when you walk in front of it, it springs up at you. And that that tends to scare the, the crap out of people, which was fun, especially for the teens and stuff. Um, so we had a lot of fun. And it's cool because I got to, you know, meet some of the people in the neighborhood and come out and chat with the parents and the dads. And I mean, this is the one time of year where we're opening up our houses and, you know, hey, have some candy, you know, have a beer if you're of age, right, if you're a dad. And, uh, hey, I'm Russ. I live here. You know, you ever need a cup of sugar or anything, let's let's talk, let's chat. There was some, uh, some teenagers who kind of are sort of troublemakers in the neighborhood, you know, like some of these kids who will walk in front of your car slow and you're trying to come home and just annoying stuff like that stuff that I used to do when I was a teenager right worse I did much much worse but you know I got to engage with some of those guys as well and I saw them coming I'm like hey like I know these guys these guys are the you know the kind of troublemaking teens and there's always something behind that right there's always some kind of a situation going on with a kid who's like that because I was like that and I get convicted often by the Holy Spirit about how I should be interacting with, you know, some of the offensive teenagers. I, I don't deserve the life I have. I don't deserve to live in the place I do. I don't deserve to have this cool Halloween, you know, engage the neighborhood experiment deal that I did have. The grace of God has blessed me so much. And I get to engage with some of those kids and ask their names and, hey, you know, I'm Russ. So if I see him again, I'm like, hey, you know, I'll remember their names and stuff and, and, uh, hopefully, right. Um, but I know who they are and they know who I am now. So I'm, I'm that guy. I'm not Mr. Right. They're not Dennis the menace and I'm Mr. Wilson. Okay. It's not that kind of thing. I'm learning to be able to engage some of these kids and that's, uh, that's a good thing. Um, so I, I count Halloween as a success in the, in that place because, you know, got to meet some new people new people to the neighborhood. Our neighborhood is getting bigger and more people are moving in. A lot of people are moving to the Seattle area right now. We have jobs here. Um, there was an estimated something like 600 people a month are moving into this area. I, I don't know, something bigger than that probably. I think that was Everett area where I live. Uh, but a lot of people are moving here. So it was, uh, again, it was a good thing. Got to meet some people, get to open up the house get to interact with them. They get to know me. And if you know me, eventually I'm going to start talking about the gospel because it's part of my life. It is my 
you know, desire uh, challenge <laughs> for people who want to really live. So that's uh, th- that's me. Anyway, so putting that away. What else? Uh, ASI is nine years old. A- <laughs> the ASI podcast is nine years old this month. Nine years. Man, if you would have told me nine years ago when I started this thing that I'd still be doing it nine years later and that it would make an impact, like things that I've... If you would have told me that things that I said would make a difference in people's lives and I'd still be doing it nine years later, I would have said, you're smoking crack rocks, dude. Right? I just didn't... I didn't see that coming. I right. I, I had no clue. I was, I was recording myself on a tape recorder. I mean, that's that's how ghetto this show was when it first started out. And I still kind of pride myself on being professionally unprofessional. So, uh, yeah, man, people still listen and it, it still rolls on. So, it, it, yes, nine years old. Happy birthday, ASI Podcast. That's uh, that's that. Another thing I wanted to talk about, a few just stuff, has to do with the podcast and the show and everything. I've updated some of the stuff on the faith part of the website. If you go to the website, ASI247.org, um, you click on the faith tab, and, uh, excuse me, I had a little something going on. Um, you click on the faith tab, and then there's uh, there, there's some new Bible study stuff there. So it's all like Bible stuff and stuff that has affected my my soul and my relationship with God through Scripture. Um, one of the things that that I was persuaded about early on in my recovery, right? I'm sitting in this guy's office, pastor's office, and I'm like freaking out because I can't, I feel like I want to die because my behavior, it was so out of control. I wouldn't, uh, you know, I would rather, uh, and that's just where I was. I would rather be dead than have my family see who I actually was. Um, And so I'm sitting in this guy's office and, and I'm like angry at God because he never sent me a, a message or an email or a fax, right? He never, God never where were you, right? That Frey song. When everything was coming undone. Um, I don't think God would be smoking his last cigarette, by the way. I don't, I don't know. Anyway, so you get what I'm saying, right? I'm sitting there in his office, and he, and he slides a, a Bible across the table at me, right? Like, And it wasn't in a snotty way. It was just like, here, right? Here's God does speak to you. God has written to you. He wrote out this story. It's it's influenced by many different authors over a long time, right? All these sixty six books of the Bible, and 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 you should rest. You should read it. So, and some of the stuff that I was really impacted by, as a guy stuck in this kind of habitual, stubborn, secret, unwanted behavior, I. Uh, um, that stuff really impacted my heart. So I've shared some of it with you on the uh, the website there. Now, I did that a long time ago, but now you have new technologies that work with your mobile device, which is uh, you 
version, right? There's a version app for your phone or for your tablet. And there's a couple Bible studies that are from those guys that I've uh, shared there on the website, the Faith tab. And I, and I want to add more. So if there's any that you really liked, um, go ahead and share them with me. It's uh, russ at asi247.org. If there's anything that maybe you read one of those Bible studies, because they do these like reading plans, um, it, you know, let me know. That would be cool. And I'll share it with the rest of the class, right? Because you're, you're chewing gum over there. And, <laughs> I don't know. Right? Um, so, yeah. I also... You know, I want to say this too. I also encourage just reading through books of the Bible. Right now, I'm going through Matthew again, um, just because every time I read it, every time I go through a book of the Bible, it, it speaks to me, and I'm I'm doing that right now. Rather than being in a uh, you know kind of a study plan, which kind of jumps around the Bible and deals with a certain topic, I'm actually going through the whole book of Matthew once again, and uh, it's been. Uh, it's been waking me up, right? Arousing the spirit, so to speak. I'm actually driving once again as I'm, uh, you know, that's the, that's the road noise you hear in the background. If you hear chickens clucking, I don't actually have chickens in my van. It's actually my, uh, my notification for text messages. So if those come in, I have not put my phone on silent. I just left that on because I thought it might add some extra comedy to the show as the chickens from my backyard. And that's what I did. I went out in the backyard. I got backyard chickens. I recorded my chickens, and then I put that in my phone as my notification uh, to tell me that I have text messages. So when a, when a hen is laying an egg, man, they just go nuts. And it's loud, and they're, rah, right? And, it's, and So I recorded that because it was... I don't know. It was just fun for me. It probably wasn't that fun for the chicken, but I <laughs> recorded the chicken making a bunch of noise while laying an egg. I assume that's what she was doing. I don't know. But uh, so that's what's that, that's what's going on there. Just to let you know, in case you hear that and you're like, "What the what the chickens? Seriously?" Anyway, that's that's what I'm doing. Oh, another thing. The whole Halloween episode the hallelujah episode is that what I was going to say um, the, the Halloween episode the harvest episode I don't know whatever you want to call it last week I shared a sermon by Tim Keller and part two of that sermon is on the website asi247.org click on the music tab all of the bumper music that I play on the show is right there in the music area of the uh, the website there. So I played what's called bumper promos in the talk radio business. And what that is in the speech media part of podcasting is it's like a it's like a 30 second to a minute snippet of a song. And if you want to download the song in their entirety, boom, right there on the website. <laughs> you like that? That's good. I don't just do bumper promos like the radio. I'll point you back to the website where you can actually buy the music and own it, all right, on the cloud. Anyway, I feel inclined to tell you that because of copyright laws here in the United States as, uh, as I'm playing bumpers of, like, copyrighted music, right? 
Um, <laughs> just, just so you know. But hey, it's again bumper promos, so that means it's okay. Somebody said, I don't know, but anyway, I know people could take it down, but that's that's what that is. So, uh, you know, that's that's how that goes. By the grace of God and the generosity of uh, people listening, I haven't gotten any trouble yet. So thank God for that. Right. Uh, is it legal? I'm not a lawyer, all right? I don't know, but <laughs> I did work in the radio promotional business. I worked for a company that subcontracted uh, radio time and sold radio time. And I was, uh, I know a, a couple people very, very loosely that were in the talk radio business. I've been a guest on uh, talk radio shows before in the past. And so that makes me an expert. <laughs> it doesn't make me an expert. I'm just saying, all right? I don't know. And I don't have the money to hire, like, a freaking lawyer to uh, to investigate that stuff for me. And if they did try and sue me, I really don't have any money. And last time I looked, physics says you can't get blood out of a turnip. So there's that. Um, anyway, so I don't, I don't know. I really, I just don't know. And, uh, but I do know that rule. So I do know the talk radio or the bumper promo rule as it applies to talk radio. So I'm using that. And I've heard in speech media too, as long as the podcasts are free, you can use a bumper snippet of time. That's what Adam Carolla or somebody said in the early days of podcasting. So, so there you go. Those are my sources for, for doing what I do. Not because I'm a, I'm a lawyer. <laughs> right. So yes, down there at the bottom of the music page, you can download the second part of uh, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde message by Tim Keller, which is awesome. The second part's awesome too. You will have to pay like two bucks for it, all right? It's like a digital download. The first part's free. The second part's like $2 or two fifty or something like that, which is totally worth it. And it's a great donation towards his ministry there in New York City. Um, which I, I support as well. Tim Keller's a, a, an awesome cat. As I'm sitting in traffic, doing five miles an hour, I'll glance over at my phone and uh, uh, additions to the website. Did that, yep. Uh, donations for your own podcast. Yes, donations. Um, <laughs> if Donations, seriously though, uh, if you could donate to help keep this thing rolling down the road, road, right? I would certainly appreciate it. Um, the impact that the show has on folks is real. Um, sexual addiction, you know, I mean, I make light and I make jokes and I have fun a little bit here, but the truth is, man, sexual addiction destroys lives. It destroys families. It, it, it wrecks and ruins people when they don't know what the heck is going on with them and, and, and this show hopefully shines some light in that area and gives some hope to some people so um, if you do want to get behind that uh, keeping this message going and expanding this message into the future uh, again ASI247.org the money is super low and it's at one of those places where uh, yeah we're getting to the bottom of the cookie jar kind of a thing so 
again, if you could donate, man, I, I certainly appreciate it, and it, it does make a difference. It, it does make an impact when you donate to the ASL podcast. I just wanted you guys to know that. If, if this was just some stupid hobby, just me yakking into a microphone, and I didn't get some feedback and some correspondence and some uh, one-on-one, you know, talking with folks and, and getting into folks' stories, and I wouldn't be doing it, all right? facts are that this thing does make an impact and that's why that's why you're hearing my voice now not because i think it's cool and fun and i i do like doing it but that's that's just an added bonus right um i don't get paid obviously to be doing this all the time or i wouldn't be doing it while i sit here in traffic (laughs) right um so donations sorry i had to get that out of the way it's just uh man stuff ain't free all right. Uh, so, I read this and it, and it touched my heart. And it has to do with uh, community. It has to do with you know where we're at as people and, and where a lot of us uh, ex Mars Hillers are are at and we're at when this this church started. Um, Nadia Boltz Weber is someone who I've uh, you I've heard you, you know you play I played some right I'm sorry I, I did, played some clips of her on the podcast in the past and um, I've been in a little bit of tweet correspondence with her I'm trying to get her as a podcast guest so if you could pray for that that would be awesome um, she is kind of like Mark Driscoll was 20 years ago. Right before the the money and the fame and the I don't know I don't know what went wrong but yeah man just the tattoos and and the swear words and the really loving Jesus and impacting the city the way she did was the way she's doing is amazing and the way Driscoll did here in Seattle twenty years ago um, it, it just it's just very many correlations there and uh, but she's still rolling on and she's. Uh, She's not afraid to talk about her own ministry failures, right, in depth. And, and she's just a very humble, gracious soul. And uh, I wish Mark would have held on to that. I don't know what happened with the guy. Again, he just up and quit rather than face what was going on with the, the discipline that he needed to endure as they investigated um, his bullying and money concerns and stuff like that so um, again it's sad and and I'm reaching out to to Nadia Boltz Weber to see if uh, see see if she could speak into that because people like me see it's people like me that saw like a place like Mars Hill you know AC3 in Marysville when I first started this thing and then started going to Mars Hill and it was like churches like that that were just real and maybe this you know, it was like me looking at that community and saying, well, maybe this Christian thing, there's something to this if it's really impacting people like me. Because not a lot of people like me were in church, right? So when when this place started growing like crazy, I mean, two years ago, Mars Hill Church was one of the fastest growing churches in the, in the United States. And now it's gone, right? It's is dumbfounding, all right? But that's just where we're at. I wanted to read you um, this 
piece. It's from the Christian Post, and it's actually posted by a guy who used to go to the church, uh, a guy named Seth. Anyway, uh, again, the website is asi247.org. Click on the, uh, if you friend me on Facebook, it's actually a like button. It just says, like, meet Russ Shaw. So it doesn't put, you know, I'm a sex addict on your Facebook page or anything like that. It's just me, Russ Shaw. And there's a lot of stuff on there that, you know, I share a lot of stuff on that website that I, I don't, you know, put on the, the website itself just because it takes too long. So a lot of the news articles and stuff that I talk about in the show, just go to that and you'll see more content uh, that has to do with this this here podcast. And and it, and hopefully that helps. Wanted to read you a blog post from a guy who went, started going to Marcel about right when, when Ballard was, was kicking. And uh, that was the warehouse church in Seattle that was... Anyway, I'm going to read his post because it's so good. Uh, his name's Seth. He has like a sleeve tattoo, this guy. I <laughs> love this guy. Um, I don't know him personally. He's a friend on Facebook, right? So anyway. But this got uh, this got picked up by the Christian Post. So this is uh, uh, from the Christian Post. It says, Former Mars Hill Church Deacon reflects on early members wanting to change the world. Why he preferred Driscoll would have submitted to authority rather than resign. Um, I'll just read it to you. Here's here's his post. I'm not going to read you the part that the uh, Christian Post said, but here's here's what uh, uh, Seth said. Uh, Eleven years ago, I walked into a dimly lit former warehouse with crazy art hung up everywhere, tattooed and pierced guys and girls hanging handing out pamphlets, hard rock reverberating through the dark painted walls and a short kind of thick guy up on stage yelling at everyone, wrote Seth McGilvery, a longtime member and deacon at Mars Hill, in his post on Facebook Friday evening. The place was called Mars Hill Church. I was a new Christian and had a view of most Jesus followers as a cross between Ned Flanders and high school girls who listened to DC talk. Here was something new and ultra an ultra orthodox view of the Bible combined with a liberal view of the world, he continued. Uh I'm just going to read back down here. McCavery, who was oh, from 2003 to 2011 and later co-pastored a church in the Washington area and is now running a business while on break from official ministry, he told the Christian Post. He said he purposefully left out the specific criticisms of Driscoll in his post since he was publicly critical in the past. I stayed away from talking about Mark too directly in my post because so much attention lately has been placed on Mark's failings and the failings of the core leadership at Mars Hill. I wanted to make sure that people understood what drew so many to the church in the first place. Love, a sense of belonging, a sense of hope, he said. Sure, Mark's preaching had a lot to do with that, but it was the person and the work of Jesus and the opportunity we felt 
to be his representatives in the Seattle area more than it was Mark's preaching style. When it became obvious about a year ago that there were real problems within the Mars Hill Leadership Corps, so many of my friends stayed because they loved the love they felt and because of the opportunity to share that love with others in spite of the clear cracks that were beginning to show up on the top. Uh, I love Mark's bold preaching style and his call for men to act like men according to scripture. McGalvery told Christian Post, one of the things he always stressed was our need to willingly place ourselves under authority, authority of scripture, authority of our elders, authority of friends we trusted. When the time came for him to model what that looked like in a real-life scenario, the elders of Mars Hill found him disqualified for leadership and put him in a place of discipline and a restoration plan. He resigned rather than submit and squandered an opportunity to show men all over the world what it looks like to humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and to allow him to lift you back up. How beautiful that would have been. Amen, brother. I'm going to continue with his post rather than read the uh, Christian Post article. So here we go. We weren't a small church by the time I joined, probably a thousand or so weekly attendees at that point, but we were still small enough to be young, the young rebel in town, and we felt like we were a part of something special. We wanted to change the world one person at a time, not just by our message, but by the way we lived our lives. Be the best tippers, be the best employees and bosses, be the best neighbors, be the best friends to everyone, engage rather than judge the world around us, be light and be love. We had gays and jocks and hipsters and nerds. We had the homeless who wandered in and grabbed a cup of coffee and a pastry and wandered back out. We had former and current junkies, unmarried couples who were still sleeping together, even though they got yelled at every week by Mark (laughs) for it. Um, Atheists and agnostics who loved to argue but still came every Sunday. And even those Christians who listened to Christian radio. We were mostly young, and though we were full of hubris and the arrogance that can only come through from those who feel like their traveling paths never traveled before, we loved and revered the few other couples, older couples, and families who always sat in the front, and the elder statesmen of our faith like John Piper, John MacArthur, and R.C. Sproul. Once I asked myself if something happened to Mark, Mars Hill Church, would Mars Hill Church survive? It would, I said, because of the elders that we had at the time, men like Leif Moy, James Harleman, Scott Thomas, and Paul Petrie. I remember meeting people that that I became friends with and still have today. I remember learning to love to read my Bible and debate theology and learn old Christian hymns arranged in new ways. I remember plenty of dates that didn't go so well, and I remember meeting my wife at a Starbucks when she overheard me talking about my church. I remember conversations where friends much wiser than I told me to grow up and be a better man than I was. I remember 
amen to that too. I experienced that as well. I remember outdoor baptisms and remember two college girls walking by West Seattle hearing about Jesus and getting dunked fully clothed in freezing cold water with tears streaming down their faces. And I remember crying myself at every single baptism I witnessed. Me too. And I witnessed a lot there. Um, we all know by now the recent history, the consolidation of power, the public lying, the financial malfeasance, the exorbitant salaries, the character assassination of everyone who ever spoke out, the shady book deals, the growing call from former and current members and elders for change, and the last final betrayal from a man who refused to submit to the very discipline he always preached that was necessary for a Christian. It seems at this point what Mars Hill Church will be is only a memory in a few years. Ten years ago, I saw a former heroin addict OD in the lobby of Mars Hill and Ballard. One of our volunteers knew how to care for him, and while we called 911, he attended to him. The medics showed up soon after and carried him out on a stretcher, still unconscious but breathing. Two weeks later, that same man was back, carrying a bag of trash from the bathroom to the dumpster. He was there because he was loved by us, and he loved us in return. He was there because he was home. Mars Hill Church may be but a memory in a few years, but that's the memory I'll hold on to, says Seth. Um, how did we get here? <laughs> that's a question a lot of people are asking. and It's the grace of God that's changed my heart, not someone yelling at me, not some social structure that I joined and fixed me, nothing like that. It, ultimately, it's, it's those folks coming along and as brothers and sisters, not bosses or, you know, uh, people over me, but equals, right? Brothers and sisters looking eye to eye saying, here's my story and here's what God's grace has done for me in my life. And that's the truth and that's what this podcast is about and, and uh, hopefully that makes sense. For me, the concept of grace has always been a, a big one. Um, I wanted to read you something that I, I sent. Uh, I sent as part of my, my request to have uh, Nadia Bowles Weber on the show. And it's also something, it, it, I, I sent her a verse of the song. And, and a, a guy wrote with an email about taking on this, uh, this addiction, taking on stubborn, right, the, the very stubborn addiction that is sexual addiction and 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 one of the things I, I wanted to share with him that was just on my heart um, is this you know getting under the authority figures and the religious people or you know church people who say that they're the boss um, is grace is the fact that God is the boss and that God decided to out of love enter into time and space as a man and Right, his only begotten son, that, that kind of thing, and and love us enough to enter into our story, right? I wanted to read you this. Is some song lyrics by a song called "Come as You Are." Come as you are, 
That's how I want you. Come as you are. Feel quite at home. Close to my heart, loved and forgiven. Come as you are. Why stand alone? No need to fear. Love sets no limits. No need to fear. Love never ends. Don't run away shamed and disheartened. Rest in my love. Trust me again. I came to call sinners, not just the vic victorious. I came to bring peace, not to condemn. Each time you fail to live by my promise, why do you think I'd love you the less? Come as you are, that's how I love you. Come as you are, trust me again. Nothing can change. Nothing can change the love that I bear you. All will be well. Come as you are. After reading that, you know, it, it almost chokes me up. And the thing is that it sucks to begin again, doesn't it? I mean, I'll just say it. It, it sucks when something is is over, like the whole Mars Hill experience, the whole thing. Um, it's hard, man. It hurts. But also, you know, just looking around at the changing of the seasons and the leaves falling and it like went from summer to winter here in this Seattle area. I mean, we were having 70 degree days a month ago and now it's November and we're having like really unseasonably cold weather. It's right now it's like 20 something degrees as I'm recording this and uh you know it, 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 the changing of the seasons are kind of like that something ends and then something begins but something has to end in order for something to begin right in order for there to be spring there has to be winter um i don't know if that makes sense a little philosophy stuff there but god's in control and in God is not sitting up and having wondering what's going to happen, right? He knows our lives. He has a plan and a purpose for us. And he loves us that much. And that's true, all right? That's something that maybe you need to experience. God is good, all right? Now, I can tell you that, but for you to experience that for yourself, to realize that, that's something else entirely. Um, I love you guys. I want to leave you with a, another song called Come As You Are from here in the Seattle area as we uh, close the show here and as uh, a bit a farewell to what was once Mars Hill Church. I love you guys. I mean that sincerely. Uh, keep me in your prayers. I'm praying for you again. Till next time. Bye. People who create the music, the 
sound clips, the guests that I interview on the podcast do not constitute an endorsement of the ASI podcast or me, Russ Shaw. Russ Shaw, myself, I am solely responsible for the content that you hear on this podcast, not any other corporation, nonprofit, or organization. So, I had to just put out there that little fuzzy kitten of legal stuff. <laughs> I'm taking responsibility for the content on the podcast right there. Boom. Thank you. Later and bye.